This is the Beachy Books Podcast. I'm Philip Bell, a published author and a writer. I run a little publishing company called Beachy Books based on the Isle of Wight. And these are my Beachy Rambles. morning or afternoon or evening depending on when you're listening to this if anyone's listening I know I've got 10 subscribers so far and one of them's me so I think I always knew the audience would be fairly small Um, so which kind of is a nice little intro into my subject matter for today's ramble which is sort of getting your work out there to an audience and the reality of how many people will actually see it (laughs) in today's modern world. Back in the day, if you wanted to write a book and get it out there well before all the major publishers you you went to a rich entrepreneur and they or a kind of collective of writers and you published yourself and then over time you know people passionate about books and writers and writing created publishing houses and then if you wanted to get published you'd send your manuscript in there and then if they thought it was good enough, they'd publish it. And it'd get out there to the world, and they'd advertise it. And there were not really any other types of media to compete with it. No television, no internet. There really were, was just books. Um, and now, of course, there's, it's multimedia. You can consume your knowledge or entertainment in pretty much any way you want radio, TV, podcasts, internet, Twitter, social media, um, computer games, virtual reality, anything really. So, yeah, nowadays, the the reality of when you do get a book published, okay, so let's take the tack of... um, the traditional publishing route. So you write your book, you send in your manuscript, and it becomes one of the slush piles. This is the traditional route in. Um, And a reader reads your work, 
because it, it won't be an agent or a publisher or an editor initially. They'll usually just be a reader. I say just, they're usually very experienced people and they have a good eye for what their editor or agent wants. And then, you know, the kind of thing their publishing house or agency takes on. So that's your <clears throat> your first gatekeeper, really. Um, and people say, oh, are they read? Are they read? And I do believe they are, because I've sent stuff in and I have had replies. <laughs> so even if it's, we got it, or no thanks. So they do read through slush piles. And these days, I mean just say only five six years ago it really was you had to print out three chapters say you know write a synopsis um and an introductory letter and send it off and um the rule was you not really a rule but the unwritten rule was you shouldn't really send it to multiple agencies at once but of course i'm sorry but i completely ignored that and i when i first sent her my first novel out um not my first first novel and it was never published and it still hasn't been um, but when I did send something out years and years ago I just I fired it out totally to every single agent that took children's books in that particular category so so I fired it out to about 30 so it was a fairly pricey um, mailing exercise although back then again slightly cheaper for mailing than it is now anyway and, um, yeah, I got mostly, well, I got all rejections. It was all rejected. But I did get a nice little letter from two agents with some really nice handwritten, you know, um, notes saying, enjoyed your work or, um, you know, you've got a nice writing style, nice sense of atmosphere, blah, 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 but your story is not for us or it's not commercial enough or in this in these I think they, they didn't say modern times but in these commercial times they didn't think it might be commercial enough um, which is sort of the story of my life I think although I took heart by that because a lot of the time you just get a standard form rejection letter you don't actually get anything handwritten so that was really nice to uh, get that anyway um but yeah, taking following on from that comment about it's not commercial enough, meaning for all the effort involved in taking me on, getting the book already, so edited, and then finally getting it published, the actual premise, the premise, the, the nub of the story, even though the writing could be lovely, you could have a great style, is not enough to capture people, especially in a very competitive market. Yeah, there's two very slow dog walkers up ahead of me. I hate it when people either don't walk quite fast enough so that I don't need to overtake, or I'd rather they walk slow enough that I can overtake. But they're kind of... They've got lots of dogs that go up and down, so I'm going to go offline for a bit and walk past them. So, yeah... Um, and, and nowadays you can email your submission a lot of the time or even there's a nice standard form and it provides lots of little boxes so that when they finally get your submission the publisher can make a decision a lot quicker um, and you know hey maybe saves the planet a bit 
So the, the trouble is um, that a lot of agencies and publishing houses are actually getting even more submissions as a result because now they've opened the floodgates to social media and email. They're getting tons because uh, authors are even more keen to, to dash off a novel and fire it off without editing or really looking at it much because you don't even need to print it out anymore. You know, it's a lot easier to fire it off and see. It was a little bit more of an effort. Um, yeah, which kind of is... It's like, it's like there's, there's still gatekeepers, really, to, the, to being published. The traditional route, of course no matter what kind of way they want you to send in your manuscripts. Um, and anyway, that's the thing with these rambles. I start to think of all sorts of other things when I'm rambling about, oh, I could talk about that or this. There's so many different topics. But trying to be professional and stick to a topic, um, I started out talking about actually getting your work out there. In reality, how many people are going to read your book or, or listen to your podcast even? You know, in, in today's world, um, there's a book called The Long Tail, and I can't remember the author. I did buy it for someone, a friend here in a book group, but I never ended up actually reading it. But I've read the gist of it, which is that, you know, obviously all the aggregators now, like Apple and Amazon, the content sort of providers as such, or the other gateways, they're the new gatekeepers, although it's really kind of an open door policy. So for the privilege of having that anyone can publish now, obviously self-publish and do what they want, in, they, they obviously take a cut of money, they give you a wonderful, wonderfully big royalty, but, and this is a big but, you're very unlikely to sell very many books. Um, or get many readers at your blog, or get many podcast subscribers. You're just not going to, unless you've got a bit of you all Everyone all needs a bit of luck, so I don't mind a bit of luck here and there. And you need to work hard, and you need to have a good product. Um, but then, even then, you could still, you could still get a complete herd selling more than your beautiful book, say, in your opinion. Just say it's, you know, no matter what genre you're in, it all depends. You can have the luck where maybe it's a fashion for everyone to be into, I don't know, fantasy or science fiction or whatever and you happen to be writing something quite zeitgeisty maybe I mean non-fiction books can work differently they can pull into different marketing areas they can you can get on the news programs a bit more easier you know they're not going to have you on a news program unless you're a famous author or an author that's selling in good volume right I've got to my usual muddy path where I will try and continue the podcast while I balance on branches. Um, so yeah, it, it's the 
and I've talked about this on other other podcasts I think I have and rambles is I mention it a lot the cold hard reality of it all which in a way doesn't actually make it any less fun or enjoyable but it's it's worth knowing early that it's very likely you're not going to sell any copies no matter what route you take if you get traditionally published you've gone through some gatekeepers and so you've got a little bit more you could say um your your what you've written is a little bit is more valid possibly in some people's eyes it's had some seals of approval you might have managed to secure an agent and it all helps you that bit more but then first novels or well that's usually what it is because they don't usually take on short stories much anymore first novels invariably don't sell that much you know you you'll you'll hope you might get a little um advance of a couple of grand if that and a meager royalty, maybe 20% or something. Who knows, 10%. But you won't start earning any royalty unless your advance is paid off. Yeah, so when the publisher has made their advance money they gave you back, if you sell any more than that, after all their other costs and expenses for you, you start making some royalties. Um... I think that's how it's well I know that's how it works but yeah it's it's when you've paid out your advance then you've got a good chance of making some royalties if obviously that was in your deal who knows you might have gone for a deal where you've just done a one-off piece of writing or work and that's it you won't get any more <coughs> you might have not gone for an advance climbing a hill which is why I'm out of breath you might have uh, um, yeah for, foregoing your waved your uh, advance and just gone for higher royalties anyway that's all beside the point um, obviously the pu- pu- to, for the publisher to take you on they obviously have some faith in your work like they do believe that it's worth taking a bit of a gamble and publishing is a bit of a gamble because there's no magic formula to what will work and what won't um, if they knew that every single book would be a hit and it isn't for every hit I don't know the exact stats but you can I, can, I definitely know there are more failures than the hits so and then of course there's the deadly middle ground where you're you sell an alright number but maybe not enough to maybe you get a few fans you know a few I'm talking hundreds maybe thousands which is great and you just build a following and hopefully your publisher likes your work and you keep publishing new books and you gradually grow your audience like kind of writers used to do in the olden days and still do it's a long game it's not an overnight success thing and you get lots of little successes and these days a bit like myself I have some success with being published say and you you could use competitions to help you with that as well to sort of maybe jump over the slush pile and guarantee being read um, and you can self-publish as well, so you build up a bit of a portfolio there. But even you know, self-publishing is very, um, is very uh, what's the word? Not engaging. 
um, appealing. It's an appealing thing. If you can get over, say, the technical aspects of it, working out how to do it all, and you're, you're very confident you can write well and you've got a good story and you can put it together well, um, you think, wow, God, I could get like 70% royalties on Amazon or, you know, even if it's 35%, it's higher than normal. Um, you know, I can, I, can, I can reach the world. People around the world can buy my book. Wonderful. But, the, but the, and I don't want to sound too depressing, but the fact is that most people are not going to sell many books. You might not even sell any initially. It's taken me years to sort of have good sales on my children's books, my Jack and Boo children's books. And really, it's a long game. It's, you know, you, you build up your reputation and you, a lot of the time you do have to have multiple titles. Um, I mean, I've just decided to run on with a series of Jack and Boo for now. We're, we're going to be doing other books in the future, hopefully. Um, but certainly online, you know, just because you've got a blog and just because you've got... You might have thousands and thousands of Twitter followers. But one tweet saying, or even ten tweets a day, as they seem to pester people with a lot of authors, buy my book, buy this. Yes, I do send out self-promotional stuff. I try to keep it to a minimum or make it entertaining. You know, like I see some of these American authors who these self-publishers who, who just have like 70,000 people on Twitter I think my god well if every single one of those bought a book even if the book was 99p 99 cents well you're away you know but of course the reality is that maybe well less than 10% less than 5% probably less than 2% would actually buy it if you're talking about maybe a response to a you know a tweet or a mail out um, so it's, that's for a different topic, I think, the whole marketing and things like that. It, this is more on the fact that, and it is a bit, it does get me down sometimes when I have put a lot of effort into something and you get your little, you might, depending on how you do it, you might get your royalty statement through from a publisher or, you know, you, you, you might be on Amazon and you might just have a look at who's sold it, who's bought it. And it's... It is demoralising. And you might you might just say you're on Amazon, you might be quite high up on your category, say, say, I don't know, sci-fi short stories or whatever. It might be a bit more specific than that. And you might be up in the first page or in the first one or two. And that's obviously helps, but even then, maybe no one's buying your book. And you think, oh my god, what am I doing wrong? Um, and you know, it it's the online world is working a bit like the real world in that a book gets you know a, the best way to sell a book is through word of mouth it's oh my god have you read this you've got to read this and that social networks are great for that people obviously trust what other people say even if they're absolute idiots clearly and it's you know there's lots of examples of people reviewing very classic books not really knowing what they're talking about and saying the most ridiculous things or just people reviewing things in a snipey way because maybe they had a problem downloading it or whatever giving you a, a rubbish review um, we all trust we all trust strangers 
opinions, strangely enough. I'm always a little bit wary because, you know, ten people I quite res fully respect could recommend something to me book-wise and I could then go and read it and go, oh my God. It makes me feel even more alone, I think, because I think, Christ, I didn't like that at all. What, what's wrong with me? Um, I think I've learned I'm more of a, a small audience writer. Obviously, I hope one day something might catch on a bit more than that. And what I mean by that is that financially, I could get a little bit more for my hard work doing it, because I certainly do spend a long time putting together stuff, writing, publishing. And it would be wonderful to have the full financial return for that. But the reality is that you're not going to. So, my God, you've got to do it for love or because there's a burning desire in you that just won't go away. Oh, this is a bit downbeat, isn't it? God, I'm so depressing sometimes. Depressing myself. But, all that said, is something wonderful just about a small, appreciative audience. And especially now, on social media, the internet, you can get immediate feedback. And I feel really guilty, because I like a lot of authors and a lot of things, but I don't necessarily feed back to them that I like them, or I don't leave a review on Amazon. I, I have occasionally, I I'm a, sort of must admit, I mostly spend my time, if I'm spending it online on Twitter, and I have tweeted various authors if I like their work, or and I have let them know. And I always think it's nice to do that. Um, they could use it as a comment, favourite it, you know, put it on their website, whatever. Or just just feel a bit better about themselves in the day. And I don't, I don't write for praise, but it's wonderful to get some really appreciative people feeding back. And I know with the... That's what's wonderful about the children's books I've been doing. You get the children saying they like it, families... Um, it's just lovely that people take the time to even tweet a picture of, oh, I bought a Jack and Boo the other day, or I bought one, I bought the whole lot for my a family friend because I liked it so much, and seeing a picture. It is brilliant. So I big kisses to all those people that do that for Beachy Books. I love our audience, our readership, our fans. It's brilliant. Um... And what I'm hoping to do is push it even further. Try, I've tried various different tactics to get Jack and Boo and our children's books and our publishing company out there on a small scale, bearing in mind I haven't got the budget to advertise in a major way. So I have to kind of use different little ideas. Well, I'm hoping this podcast will help spread the word, but I didn't do it for that. I did it because I like to... Well, I'd, I'd do this anyway. Even if I wasn't recording this, I'd actually be doing this now in my head and possibly even talking to myself, because I do quite a lot. It helps me sort through problems and issues. Make me feel a lot better by the end of the walk. So anyway, there you go. Keep going. Keep practising, keep writing, keep creating. 
in whatever you do. But, and just, you know, do it for love. And bear in mind that, you know, maybe be pessimistic initially, thinking it's fairly unlikely to sell big. But if it does, it might catch on. You never know. You might get a wonderful review and it might just help spread the word. Um, or you might just catch a curve, catch a wave. You might be the one to lead something new coming in. Well, good luck. Right, right for love, not for money. been listening to the Beachy Books podcast presented by Philip Bell. Music by Dan O'Neill. <laughs>